Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. It's Marshall Fant with GFA Missions Research. So glad to have you with us today. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you see the man sitting next to me. If you're listening, his name is Bruce McAllister. And he needs no introduction to our audience. So, Bruce, thanks for joining today. Great to be here. Yeah, so this is a topic that I think is near and dear to all of us. And, Bruce, you are, uh, again, for those that don't know, if you're just listening to ReChurch for the first time, Bruce and I serve together here at GFA Missions in ministering to the American churches. And so Bruce leads a ministry really in, in what I consider um, on, on the personal side. So you really help pastors. You're a counselor and friend of pastors, as well as you you lead our GFA church staffing uh, website and and just you've been in you've been helping pastors for forty something years. So um, those that uh, that's little Bruce's background, and I just kind of go in and stir up churches and then leave it to you to solve the problem. <laughs> so again, today's podcast um, is a topic, Bruce, that needs to be addressed. And I know that as you and I speak together sometimes in some conferences, that this is a topic you're burdened for. And really, so the topic for our listeners, the topic is finishing well. All right, so I think our challenge would be um, this is addressed to pastors and their families. I think it's also the audience should be any church leader that loves their pastor and loves their church. Yep. So uh, we all can finish well because uh, it's a topic that's got to be addressed because some men do it very well. They really do. And, and others struggle in this area, and we're going to talk through some maybe some reasons they do. All right, because men that stay too long become a hindrance uh, to their churches as well as to just, just the work of the Lord in so many ways. So I want to uh, just, uh, and by the way, before we get into it, uh, Bruce has written a lot of articles on helping pastors, and some of the articles on retirement and when to change ministries we will put in the show notes, and you also can find those on the GFA Missions website. Okay, but I want to get that some of the housekeeping out of the way so when we start our discussion, <laughs> we can just and keep flowing. So, uh, Bruce, welcome. Thanks for taking the time this morning My to privilege. record. Great to be back. And I know there there are a couple of verses that really that you you really um, are anchors in this area. So you want to launch into those sure. first? Sure. You know Acts twenty twenty four. Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders and great address there at Miletus. And verse twenty four uh, of that chapter, chapter twenty, he says, uh, "But none of these things move me. Mm-hmm. Neither count I my life dear unto myself." so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Mm. So Paul had been in ministry for a good while. He knew he was headed into trouble. Mm. He knew the Spirit of God was giving him uh, pre-warning through others that he was going to face trouble if he went to Jerusalem. He went on to Jerusalem anyway. He faced the trouble, and he got himself an all-expense-paid Mediterranean tour all the way to Rome. <laughs> and he, you know, yeah. he, he actually, by doing that, fulfilled what he did. Um, had been revealed to Ananias of Damascus, that he would testify before mm-hmm. Jews and Gentiles and kings. So mm-hmm. Acts 21 through 28 really is 
the fulfillment of the final phase of Paul's ministry. You know, he did a little more. We know of in Second Timothy, he was imprisoned, released, re-imprisoned, and then martyred. And uh, and I love Second uh, Timothy four seven as mm-hmm. well, where Paul says, "I fought a good fight. I finished my yeah. course. I have kept the faith. And sports there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall give me in that day." Not to me only, but unto all those also who love his appearing. So uh, it was a big deal to Paul and should be a big deal to us as well to to finish well the race that God has put before us. Okay. And so, so with this, what I want to focus on, because finishing well means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. All right. So finishing well, um, I think a common problem you and I see would be uh, men that are called of God to pastor. They've been pastoring a long time. Uh, they've had probably a very fruitful ministry. And then it comes time to transition. So the first thing I want you to address is, you know, why should we be faithful to finish well? And then, Bruce, I want to shift in because you've made some very good points of maybe hindrances to that or some problems that may come up, or or obstacles maybe, if that's a good word to finishing well. All right, so let's first deal with the positive. Okay, Okay, so what are some key points as you you minister to pastors and as you work with pastors? So what are some of the challenges of why we need to be faithful? All right. Well, uh, faithfulness is a big Bible concept, Mm -hmm. and uh, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We're stewards of the mysteries Mm -hmm. of God. This is first Mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter 4, the early verses. So faithfulness essentially means uh, being active, staying with the God-given task. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke 12 talks about this. The, he was When the master came, he was to find so doing, doing what the master had asked him to do. It involves it, it is involved in being attentive to the details of life and ministry, Luke 16, Luke's parable mm-hmm. there, being faithful in little or much, um, being faithful in that which belongs to another person, right. being faithful in the unrighteous mammon, he says, who will give you true spiritual riches if you don't take care of things like money. And and so it means being uh, being attentive, and it also means being fruitful or productive. Mm-hmm. Luke 19, taking the pound, turning it into five pounds, ten yeah. pounds, you know, that was commended. Hiding it and not being productive was was not looked on favorably in that setting. And so there's just a lot of good information in those three parables in Luke's gospel about being faithful. Um, that does not mean that you just go straight from the pulpit to the grave under normal circumstances. Right. It doesn't, it, it, there is a planning process. We are all going to time out and health issues or just, uh, whatever may be the underlying cause, there, there, there is a time when. Yeah. Mo- I mean, you, you know, you'd love to just preach your last sermon and and mm. go to heaven, but right. it probably won't work out that way for most people. All right, so season. I think the way I've heard you say it, and I've said it often, there's seasons of ministry. Okay, yeah. when you come to the church, you're establishing a church. If you're church planting or replanting or or taking over a work that's already existing, there's seasons, and in one season or a couple of seasons, we need to recognize is okay, I want to have a point where I transition. I want to finish well to that point. 
but doesn't mean it just means I'm going to the next season. It doesn't mean I'm finished. Right. Is that right. is that a fair way to yeah. put it? Yeah, I've, I've stayed with a farming uh, couple, 80-year-old farming couple in Indiana a few years ago, yeah. and they and their family farm 5,000 acres of field corn and soybeans. This man has lived on that property just mm. really within a few feet of where he lives now. He He's lived here the whole time. Well, they are still having... Uh, abundant crops and mm. great fruitfulness. They've been working that land for his entire lifetime, I assume. And uh, I think ministers can look at that the latter phase mm. of ministry like that. You've invested in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, you know a lot of situations. You've been praying, preaching, ministering, soul winning, discipling, mentoring. Hopefully, the whole spectrum. So th- this can be a very enjoyable, mm. fruitful season. Uh, you know, Psalm 92, um, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall mm. be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright and there's no unrighteousness in him. Right. And I think uh, it may not be that we are physically as active and energetic and so on, but it can be fruitfulness. Fruitfulness comes from the Lord's Amen. work. It's not just our hyperactivity. It's, it's that uh, God is blessing in a multi-generational way. And mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that phase of life and ministry now as I get to be out. I invested in a lot of guys training them for ministry when I was uh, full-time uh, in college ministry. And and so now, just like this past Sunday, I got to go out and be with uh, BJ and Heather Worley in Beckley Springs, West Virginia, and just to see what God is doing there, right. see their church. They've been there 20 years. And I love doing that type of thing and sitting down, having a meal, you know, hearing hearing from them about their what's going on in their lives. But you've transitioned from one phase to the next phase, from one season to the next season. That's right. So I guess as all right. So as men, all right. So let's reverse it, okay? Because okay. I love the parables. I love the way you laid that out. But there are some hindrances or obstacles that come up that may prevent men from either seeing the need or uh, once they see the need, then actually, you know pulling the trigger and going to the next phase or so what are some of the hindrances from men either going to this next season of ministry or, or even, you know, maybe they never get there. Okay. For several reasons. All right. So what are some of those reasons? Cause you've laid them out well. So I, I would say in general, there are, there are two major categories of that can be problematic. One is just procrastination just not taking time to think through this whole transition that you really need to go through. In America, most people retire, they say, around the age of 65. Mm. And uh, some will stretch that to 70, and maybe some pastors will will go on and keep pastoring and preaching maybe to 72. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there may be some that, I mean, my father-in-law kept going until he was 85, wow. but he had a small church and he yeah. served there for 61 years. He was wow. bivocational supporting himself. So that's pretty rare. But um, so in, in All right, the, can we park right there? Yeah. So he was bivocational. So really, as he was there in those older years, he was not a drain on the church. Oh, no. he Okay. <laughs> All right. Because that is one of the problems when you get into the topic you're going, going to say I mean, so we. He, he had his retirement, all that was in place. Did. So he actually became, in a sense, full time with the church after after forty years of bivocational ministry. So it, it it was just perfect. They lived in the neighborhood and all that, and they had a guy who succeeded mm. them. You know, that was another bivocational pastor mm. that was already 
known to the church. So it, it there's every situation's a little bit different. But sure. I think procrastination and we can we can go into that. Let me just refer to a second area. Uh, and that would be the area of pride, okay, where someone wants to – some men may go, okay, now I'm done. I'm, I'm totally done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want to do now. I'm going to be unencumbered. In other words, here's the danger. A man may say in his heart, in essence, I'm going to live independently from God, and mm. I'm going to I'm going to control my life and do what I want to do. And mm. that pride is always the problem mm. with that type of thing, living independently from God. And some men will will actually experience moral failure or mm. other types of failure late in life because their heart got off focus of the Lord. So I just think we got to, you know, you think the wisest man apparently who ever lived, Solomon, yeah. and and the Bible, it's so sad to read about Solomon's later life. It says his heart was lifted up with pride. Mm-hmm. He got involved in facilitating the worship of foreign gods and was all entangled in all types of, you know, all the messy relationships sure. of life that he was into. It was, it was pride. He, and, and I think if, if Solomon could end so poorly, then the potential is there for any of us who get yeah. caught up in pride. Our heart gets lifted up and we get pulled to the ways of the world and, False living, false worship. It's hard to believe, but that's what happened to Solomon. And so uh, if you want to read something really shocking about um, would be Alexander White's, uh, in his book on characters of the Bible, read mm-hmm. the chapter on Solomon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then read the one that's the following chapter, a greater than Solomon is here when he talks about Christ. So that'll mm-hmm. encourage you. But he pulls no punches about Solomon's mm. latter part of Solomon's life, and it's it's a good warning. Um, there's another thing I would encourage men to read, and I'm not I don't want to stay negative here, but the uh, Donald Whitney years ago wrote and has also spoken this. You can find it uh, both written as, uh, in you know in print right. on the internet or it's spoken. It's it's called the the mo- the almost inevitable ruin of every minister. Mm. I, I would encourage people to read that and to uh, come back to it periodically and just let it be a little warning. So pride and then procrastination. And and procrastination in this sense just means not planning realistically on many fronts for your own transition. By the way, when we talk about retirement, we're not talking about inactivity. No. We're talking about transitioning from say, the full responsibility right. of being a pastor, to serving in another way, maybe right. voluntarily right. or part-time or something like that. We're not talking about stopping. We're talking about serving Seasons in a different Seasons of venue. ministry, yeah. just going from yeah. one to the other. All right, so let me ask you this on the big picture. So is procrastination a result of pride? It could. It well could be. Just could, like, I, I'm going to be yeah. here forever. Don't yeah. bother me. But you, My preaching's just as good as yeah. ever been. Yeah. Yada, yada. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you got to plan spiritually. I think you're okay. in that area. And you, you have to remember that that old body is decaying, and that can affect a person's no. mind and heart and spirit. We're, we're kind of a all the components of our being are tied together. So we've got to we got to be sure that we're staying spiritually healthy and emotionally and mentally healthy. So is this under procrastination? Yeah, this okay. would just be um, this in the category of kind of drifting spiritually. Oh, okay. And I think we've got to we got to stay in the word in prayer, be fervent. Uh, that's all part of being faithful is 
being mm-hmm. being fervent in finishing well, staying close to the Lord through the whole thing. And there, there's the practical areas of financial preparation, frankly, medical preparation. All right, so let's park on finances first. Okay, so now we also have younger pastors listening to mm-hmm. this and younger church leaders who are helping create budgets yes. for, for churches. So I think um, there was the time when just live by faith, but we also know so much of Christ speaks of the handling of money. So if you are a deacon, I want to challenge you to start help your pastor prepare at a young age. And then if you are a pastor, it's never too late to prepare, but you need to start early. Yeah, starting early is very important. Yeah, there there is uh, material out there, uh, Christian Ministries, Resources, Mm -hmm. churchlawtoday.com website has a lot on pastoral compensation planning. So while we do live by faith, and we should always live by faith, there's also, the Bible talks about counting the cost. Yeah. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a cost of living that's real that yeah. everybody uh, in our culture lives under. And so uh, it's a prudent thing, both the man himself, and, and he has to take primary responsibility for this, he and his wife, the pastor and his wife, but uh, godly laymen who have some understanding about uh, financial planning in our culture, right. they, they really should come alongside and, and do whatever they can to encourage proper financial planning. There are Christian people that specialize in this that would can sit down with a pastor and his wife and help them to see right. what they need to be doing. And hopefully that is done, you know, 20, 30 and years. more years out. But if you get down and you haven't done all of that, then uh, tomorrow's not going to be the better day to do that. you got to get it under underway today. All right, so let me ask you this, because it was years ago a mindset for some of our older ones that the church would always take care of us, either as an emeritus or in, in – and Bruce, tell me if I'm being too harsh, but when men say this, I say, you really you are hurting the future of the ministry because if you're expecting your church to continue to pay you after you are really uh, no longer – uh, the senior pastor, then you are taking money away from the current ministry. Is that too harsh to say it that way? Yeah, I mean, uh, there may be some churches that would be in a position yeah. to provide a a small stipend, you know, afterward, or, and and then the care of the widow after yeah. the pastor is gone. But yeah. I I think that on the whole, that is frankly, I think it's unrealistic. Most okay. churches are doing all they can do to take care of their current pastor, right. pay him full-time, a lot of part-time ministries out there where they can't even do that, and then, like you said, the future welfare of that yeah. ministry. So I, I think it's much more prudent on the whole for a church and a man, his wife, to plan ahead so that they are financially independent from the church, if at all possible. And, and, and when that happens, like some of the men you and I know that have done that, boy, there's such great freedom. There is. Yeah. Because they can go and be an interim. They can go serve on the mission field. I mean, they have so much freedom in this last season, but it didn't just happen overnight. So what you're saying is, you know, you got to go and you've got to spiritually prepare and you've got to financially prepare. All right. So what other areas, pride, what area, other areas of procrastination can you exhort us to, to think about? Be, be sure you're legally prepared for the end of life issues. You know, I mean, it just goes without saying, and I'm not, I'm not presenting myself as any kind of expert yeah, on this front, yeah. but uh, you know, you need power of attorney, you need healthcare power mm-hmm. of attorney, a will, uh, a, a will trust, uh, 
yeah. you need to, you, you know, we've done, we did this some years back. We've had, we've had those kind of things in place through, I think really all of our adult life. We have four children mm-hmm. and then we kind of stepped it up maybe 10 years ago or so and got everything freshened up and then gave all that information to our children and yeah. sat down with them, went through it. And, and so be sure that those kind of things are, are in place. Start, certainly for the man's widow, it's very, very likely the man will go into heaven first uh, that's that's the norm. Uh, women outlive men. You see a lot more ladies in nursing homes than men, you know. Sure. And so uh, prepare for that. And uh, and I would encourage this, and I've done this in just in the last couple of years, just sitting down and not only having the documents and all your planning mm-hmm. done, but actually paragraph out an explanation of that and mm-hmm. have that yeah. where that's yeah. easily accessible. Because when the shock of, if it, it could be a shock, when death comes, and you're in the midst of that, then people need to know, you know, give give some guidance right. to your to your spouse and give guidance to your children, uh, appropriately so, so that it's it it's make it as easy on them as possible. All right. So as we're trying to finish well, okay, and as we're trying not to, we want to be a blessing to our church, want to be a blessing to those that have supported us, want to be a blessing to our family. I think another point you had made along the way as we finish well has got to do with location. Exactly. Okay. So where, as we start this planning, okay. And, and so would you just touch on that briefly about location, what you mean by that? Well, uh, the question is that when a, when a man say finishes his, his kind of his last pastoral Mm -hmm. ministry, does he, do he and his wife stay in the church or do they relocate Mm -hmm. to another city, another church in that city or town or region? Generally speaking, Marsh, <clears throat> I think it is best for a man to move on from mm-hmm. the church. Um, but if a man has planted that church, been with it, you know, 30, 40 years, or uh, is just pastor there for very many years, he might, all of their friends likely are, most of them are mm-hmm. in that church. So I think it's a judgment call. <clears throat> many variables affect whether it's really feasible for him and his wife to stay yeah. in the church. <clears throat> but and I have I've addressed that a recent article that I posted on church staffing website transition tips for retiring pastors that mm-hmm. might be helpful. So that's on the GFA church website. Staffing website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. GFAMissionsJobs.org and okay. under the helps tab there are there are a lot of articles. <clears throat> Seventeen there, right? articles there now yeah. that are all about all kind of mm-hmm. things about uh, you know churches finding pastors right. and what the process is like orderly transition steps for senior pastors in the search, the search process. There's all, all kinds of stuff there. So um, maybe some of that would be helpful. <clears throat> but um, I, I, but you location, know, okay, location it, yeah, do you need yeah, to get near children? Yeah, maybe yeah. the children don't live in the area uh, where you're currently pastoring. Do you need to relocate and get near children for end-of-life sure. issues for the because we're all going to die, right? Yeah. So and I think 100%. you you you, uh, you want to hold up some of your funeral. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't I don't have a lot of hobbies. I travel and <laughs> preach, and I love all that, and I like to work in my yard. But, but one hobby you do have. Here's my hobby: I collect funeral programs. Right. I go to a lot of funerals. We have a lot of funerals in Greenville. I've just been over to Alabama for the funeral of Ernest Matthews, uh, a longtime yeah. family friend. I mean, I just my aunt here, Dale yeah. Crawford's mother, yeah. Michael Mann. Yeah. You know, but the point is, yeah, Joe, I'm just got this is it's 100. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. unless the Lord so, returns. That's right. 
So. And, and so at that point, again, a lot of these worries, of course, all these worries then have been gone. But before we get there, finishing well, we're talking about hindrances to finishing well. Yeah. And, and so this is reality. Yeah. But before we get yeah. there, location's got a lot to do with that. So we're not a burden on the church where we pastored, correct? That's right. Okay. That's All right. Anything else on, on location or even um, – you know any any other thing on on procrastination? That you know, you I want to talk I think about? I think we. <laughs> I don't know. I it's really easy to to be inactive physically or to put off mm. medical appointments. So I think we we need to be sure to prepare medically by good health care, yeah. uh, annual checkups, keeping an eye on ourselves, and mm. and following the doctor's recommendations mm. for whatever it may be: diet, health, losing weight, and because. We're inside this body, and this body's the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we've got some stewardship, and we need to take care of ourselves. And this body is decaying. <laughs> it's decaying. But, you know, I mean, you can debate whether you can add one hour to your life, you know, like Jesus said. But um, God's got a timetable on all this. But we still need to be good stewards of that. So health care, uh, I think that would be an important thing there. And then I think also preparing our churches for this transition time and how that's a whole topic in and of itself. Yeah. So let's, let's just kind of end on that one. So let's just spend a couple of minutes on preparing the church. Cause I think Bruce, a lot of the, in my opinion, the churches that I have been in that did not transition well, uh, there was a failure on the pastor to prepare the church for the transition, either because of pride or procrastination, but there is a way to prepare a church for this, right? That's right. Yeah. And so, but it can't start at the day you're walking out. So you want to just big yeah. picture, yeah. thirty thousand feet. So let's say, let's say a man is is intending to retire from full time pastoral ministry at the age of say sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um, now you say full time. We yeah. still know there's another right. season. Yeah. Where he can be very active yeah. and very productive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But let's just say that's his goal. Right. All right. So he's got to be making a lot of preparation if he's going to do that financially, et cetera. So, but then when he when he's about the age of sixty, okay, he needs to really be thinking about this. And by the time he is sixty three or so, yep. he probably needs to start talking to his deacons or elders, whatever he's got, and start start talking mm-hmm. about this. There's a lot mm-hmm. of literature available. <clears throat> We've got a lot of books and things posted on our website where churches can. If he's been there a long time, in my experience is, <clears throat> excuse me, most most men are staying a long time. In yeah, their, they are. I mean, they're 20, 30, 40 years in ministry. So a church is not, hasn't done this for a long time. They haven't looked for a new pastor. So, Which is a blessing. It is. Yeah. It, but it can catch you. There you go. In a, in, I could tell stories here, but I'm, I'm going to hold off because I don't know who's all in the audience and who knows <laughs> what. But, but uh, some people would just do a real fast exit. And it's like, what? What, what just happened? Yeah. And and then sometimes a man will actually talk to the whole congregation prematurely. So I and would we both say, have seen that. Be careful about yeah. starting to it destabilizes people. Mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. create dissension. It it cre- can create you as a lame duck mm-hmm. pastor. So you make a a reasonable plan, work it through with your lay leadership, keep that confidential, and it it will probably be uh, a little bit ideal and unrealistic when right. you make that. So you've got sure. to adjust it down to the real. The reality is 
there are many more churches needing pastors today mm-hmm. than there are mm-hmm. uh, pastoral candidates available. That's the reality. Sure. So the now we're pro- recording this in February of 2023. Yeah. Okay. So we're our our stats would say that we have about half as many mm-hmm. candidates that we're helping to find a church to pastor <clears throat> compared to the number of churches that are seeking a pastor. And it's only going to grow, and probably it's going to become more challenging as time goes by. So <clears throat> I got a pastor call me yesterday, and he's ready to transition in a year or two. He wants mm. to train somebody under him. He's my age. You know, he's yeah. 68, 69, maybe 70. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm sure we'll be glad to help you, and I explained to him how we can do that. Yeah. But he's, I think he's starting at, you know, this is a little late. It, well, I don't know, but yeah. it's going to take time. Yeah. It's going to, it's, you know, to find someone, then to bring them on, and and again, they could, they he could go ahead and transition out well and bring in an interim. He, and of course, that's, that's my right. heartbeat. And that's you know, you're way. you're a huge advocate of the interim ministry yeah. as well. So that is another way that this can be addressed, yeah. Yeah. where everybody finishes well, right? Yeah, and I think, yeah, and I think that I think men are. People are living a long time. Mm-hmm. People typically are healthy a little bit longer in life. You see this in the secular uh, area, but I think it's particularly true in our Christian circles. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of Christian people are living to be 80, 85, right. even 90 and beyond. So it, it's reasonable that a man maybe would say, I'm planning to finish up about 70 in my senior pastor ministry. And, and that's variables affect that. So then if he were going to be in that case, then... When he's 65, he starts right. really getting focused on this. <clears throat> and when he's 67 or 68, he's starting to talk to the lay leadership. And and then you know, people are going to get antsy anyway in they the are. congregation. They're going to yeah. know he's timing out. They're going to even sense it maybe uh, in certain ways. And so it, it's good for the man to take the initiative on it and get the process going. And I've heard you say this before, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up with this, but I think you've often said, that a pastor should have one trusty deacon or an older person trustworthy where he can go yep. and say, Hey, do you think I've timed out? Do you, what do you think of this plan? Right? So yes. it'd be good to have one person in the church. You can bounce this off of that will be honest and not just try to flatter you and say, Oh no, you got another tent, right? right. So we, right. we no, need people speaking yep. to our lives on this, yep. probably both internally and externally. That's right. Exactly. So externally, you're a great resource. I'd be happy to help, but there are other yep. people on the external side, but you need somebody on the internal side. Exactly. I, I think, I, I think of course your, your wife is a, is a good sounding yeah. board. You know, very, she knows you better than anybody. Um, then I, I think you need some close ministry friends of people, like say, outside your church that know you well, and you need those friendships developed over the years, and sure. you can talk, you know, frankly with those people and not fear the uh, confidentiality of being broken. Mm-hmm. And then I do think there's a, a place for uh, your kind of your best layman that would everybody in the church, if there were not a pastor, they would naturally their reflex would be toward him, mm-hmm. and he would be confidential in his deliberations with you. It might be more than one. It might be even two. Um, but then be able to go to that person, just ask ask the questions and say, uh, do you think the time has come or is it coming? Right. And just talk to me. And you might want to get, occasionally there'll be a good HR, human resource type person in a church that knows this field or knows pastoral ministry well. That right. would be really good on this front. And then, All right. So finishing well. 
hindrances would be procrastination and pride, the the great parables that we can get encouragement from in the days of, okay, I want to finish well. So, again, I appreciate your time. Anything else you want to say? You know, I we have time on Frank. My friend Frank. Oh yeah, let's give let's give let's give an encouragement from a, from a, a good friend of both of ours. Yeah. yeah. So Jeff uh, A retired Jeff A missionary Frank uh, and Sherry Debanio. They're we're in the same church. And they served in Italy. They served in Italy for I'm not sure, but 30, 30 to forty yeah. years probably. And uh, Frank's a great guy. Did did tremendous evangelistic work in Italy. Pastored mm-hmm. a church. So uh, you know he was getting on towards seventy or so and. Um, and he he contacted me. He said I did I did jail ministry in college. Uh, or right, so now he's retired. He's yeah. All right, so he, let's set that. So he came, he came off, off the, the field. Came off okay. the field. But when they came, yeah. they came back to Greenville. Right. And he said I want to get involved in in jail ministry. So I took him with me to the Greenville Detention Center, and we we would team tag, and I would preach and listen to him, and vice versa. And so just yeah. small pod. <clears throat> so he did that for a while, and then lo and behold, the. <clears throat> The male chaplain there died of COVID, oh. and sadly, good man at the detention center. At the, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he got it there. I think at the detention center. So they were looking for a, another male chaplain, and uh, so lo and behold, through a due process of situation, Frank has become the male chaplain at the Granville mm-hmm. Detention Center, and mm-hmm. uh, he works in the afternoons there. Right. He he really is the chaplain who is on the floor, seeing there's tw- generally 1,200 inmates at the Greenville Detention Center. Wow. He told me recently <clears throat> that he uh, he keeps up, kind of keeps a journal. He said, "I've I've led 41 people to Christ in this. This is not even probably a year now that he's been doing this, and he just has opportunity after opportunity, and it's just perfect." And he he told me this. I, I hope he won't mind me saying this, but he said, "You know." Uh, I think the Lord used my experiences in Italy to prepare me for this ministry. So he is bearing fruit in older age and really having the time of his life. And, you know, that to me is just absolutely perfect. It's just ideal. And they, they do other things. He, but he is finishing well. He's finishing well. Without being a burden to the yeah. church in Italy. Yep. Or the maybe the supporters who didn't know how he would be doing, and, right? Yeah, and you know you don't always get paid to do these kind of things, but you know I don't know if he gets paid much, but he, he he's paid to do this. Yeah. So it provides some you know modest probably retirement income, mm-hmm. and uh, gives gives mm-hmm. him a focus, and he's got a purpose for getting up every day and for the next season of life. They do other ministry matters. The yeah. Piedmont Women's Clinic. They've yep. been involved in uh, correspondence ministry with prisoners as well, and serving the church, and just all these kind of things. So, um, I just think of Frank as just it's just so neat firsthand to be seeing. Cool. And we're in touch with one another, you know, a fair amount because of I'm down there doing some work as well. So, great, it's a great way to close. Okay, all right, Bruce, thank you. Okay. Got any questions? Be sure and call us at gfamissions.org. Again, Bruce McAllister. And all his articles are posted. They'll be in the show notes. Uh, if you're just listening, uh, you can go to GFA Missions, GFA, say that again. GFAMissionsJobs.org. All right, so the that's help. the church staffing website. Church staffing website. Which then, is part of GFA. That's right. And then, and then you look for the Helps tab. Yep. And there, that's where the articles are. Great. And there's there's books and resources there that, yeah. that we've posted up, and all your sure. various podcasts on this. Great. Area, so. all, right. all right, finishing well. Okay, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Bruce. All right. Yep. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. 
If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.